0: Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now, here's your host with the latest on the burgundy and blue, Mike Evans. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike Evans. As we come to you right after the Avalanche finish off a, I think, very highly successful three and two road trip as they finish off with a win in Philadelphia, seven to four Avalanche, Coming away with that three and two road trip, win one, lose one. One one thing I think you can always count on with this team. I think they have such a high standard, and they expect so much of themselves that usually, whenever they do lose, you can feel pretty confident about their ability to bounce back the next night. So when they lost the game to the uh, the Bruins the other night, I think there was that that sense that they would bounce back strong. And, uh and they did that as they were able to uh, go out there and uh beat the Flyers seven to four. So I, I think that's as we as we learn more about this team and we watch this season develop, uh and on one hand, there is there has been some inconsistency that has worried me and frustrated me at times. I'll be honest with you, I thought that this team with the way that the season went last year, The hunger to get back to being a Stanley Cup champion last year, I sort of excused some of the inconsistency because you are a defending champion. It's tough to bring it every single night. I thought this year it might be a little bit more locked in, but there has been a lot of those ebbs and flows with this this team this year. But that's that's maybe put that on the side that you wish was a little bit better. But the positive with this team, even with some of that inconsistency, is it doesn't get dragged out, right? This, th- this team doesn't go on any long losing streaks like you see some other teams around the NHL. Um, while I would like to see more consistently uh, consistency, at least we're not lock- talking about a team that ends up losing three, four, five in a row. You can usually count on the Avalanche if they don't play well in a particular game that they're going to bounce back and play better in that next one. And that was the case going from the Boston game to the Philadelphia game. And so file that away. But a three and two road trip at this stretch of the season. And let's face it, we are officially in the dog days of the NHL season right now. It's a grind. And if you're able to go out on a stretch of road games, five of them, any kind of prolonged road stretch, and come away with a winning record, take it. Three and two, take it. It's five road games that you have to play out of 41. They're off the schedule. They're distant memory. You move forward and you go off with a winning record on the road trip. That's good. Uh, and I'll have more of these uh, stretches coming up. So we'll see how they they handle it. I, I like to go back to the Philadelphia game. And... Nathan McKinnon, and is it clear now, I'm I'm thankful, and I'll give myself a little pat on the back, talking about this guy early on in the season, in a world in which we are constantly bombarded as hockey fans with the Connor McDavid's and the Connor Bedard's and the Austin Matthews of the world, all the cases that are made for Hart Trophy MVP in this league and how Nathan McKinnon tends to get overlooked – Why he gets overlooked, I don't understand it. Because typically, when you have somebody who is one of, if not the best players, on one of, if not the best team in the NHL, especially a team that just won the Stanley Cup a couple years ago, you would think that this guy is on everybody's minds, is on everybody's lips, right? But it seems at times that Nathan McKinnon gets overlooked. And I just don't get that because... Not only are we talking about a hugely successful player on a hugely successful team, but the way he plays, you know, his game is so eye-catching. He plays with so much speed, with so much force, it's hard to take your eyes off the guy. So it has been kind of a source of frustration for me. I mean, maybe it's almost like the Nikola Jokic stuff in the NBA that we have to deal with. But I I thought we were a little bit more immune from it with the with the hockey. Maybe not. But in this case, it seems like there's now that national groundswell of opinion coming around to the idea that Nathan McKinnon is the Hart Trophy uh, frontrunner right now. And we were playing during our show with Schlereth. We were playing Paul Bissonette from the uh, TNT crew and the Spittin' Chicklets podcast and you know he's raving about McKinnon and the idea that McKinnon is the front runner right now for the MVP. So, it is good to see that as the season goes along, Nathan McKinnon's efforts, which we all recognize as as being hart trophy worthy, would appear that the rest of the the league and the and the and the NHL media is starting to realize that as well. I, I, to me Nathan McKinnon going this deep into his career And this deep into this avalanche run of excellence and not win a heart trophy is makes no sense to me. I almost said it's criminal. It's not criminal, but in a sports sense, it's criminal. Okay. So we can, we can understand that. But how about the, the play in the Philadelphia game? McKinnon's got two goals, gets the puck on his stick, has an easy, uh, empty net breakaway for what would be a hat trick. Instead, He sees Logan O'Connor, gives the puck up to O'Connor, O'Connor with two goals already. Let O'Connor get the hat trick. And, you know, to me, that is, that's leadership. That's culture, right? And when you have a player like that, as great as uh, Nate McKinnon is, and he is so unselfish in those moments, I talk all the time about culture, and it's hard to define. And for teams that are down, you know, you take a team like the Broncos struggling to find an identity, struggling to find a culture. To me, culture is is kind of actually very easy. It's who's your best player and is your best player your hardest worker? Is your best player the one that demands the most of himself and the people around him? If you've got that kind of player, then it's amazing how the culture kind of flows and develops around that. You know, with the Nuggets, right? Nikola Jokic is so unselfish. He's the most unselfish superstar there is in the NBA. Well, you come and you play for the Nuggets, you quickly understand this is the way we're going to play. I got to play this way or else. And so you can understand how that creates such a positive um, standard, right? So in the case of Nate McKinnon, you're talking about somebody And Paul, again, Paul Bissonnette, I'll refer to, uh, what he was talking about. We played it on our morning show. He was saying, you know, I, I hear that this is a guy that after he just gets done playing 25 minutes of all out intensity hockey, he'll go out and he'll ride hard on a exercise bike for 25 minutes. Again, if you're a younger player, Right. You're a fourth line player. You're a a Sam Malinsky. Right. You know, somebody like that. And you see Nathan McKinnon. You've just watched him put out this insane effort out on the ice. And now you see him working this hard after the game. You see him working hard in practice. That's the kind of stuff that creates a standard. It creates a culture. It creates a sense of expectations uh, of what is expected of you as an avalanche player. And I, I just I love calling that kind of stuff to attention. I love that stuff as a sports fan. And as somebody that covers this game, it's uh, it it's great to see and highlight. And I want to shine a light on these kind of stories and these kind of examples of leadership. Because it is what culture is all about. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a surprise. I don't think it's hard to define that when you look at the best teams and you look at the most successful teams in whatever the sport, how often you'll find that common thread being the best players are the hardest workers and they demand the most of themselves even before they start talking about what they're getting from their teammates. So I just wanted to bring that up about Nathan McKinnon. Uh, And a quick thought on Logan O'Connor. Um, I, I I used to do a lot of DU hockey. I covered a lot of DU hockey back when Logan O'Connor was playing. Those really good DU teams. Well, they're always good. DU always has good hockey teams. But I was doing some, uh, some television games, and I remember watching Logan O'Connor. And Logan O'Connor back then for the Pioneers was like a third or fourth line player. Good college hockey player, right? Just a good, same exact kind of player that – we've seen from him as the, with the the avalanche, he was like that for DU never at any point while I was watching this guy and calling his games. Did I ever think we'd be looking at a guy who would be scoring hat tricks and would be be, one of the best and most lethal, uh, shorthanded, uh, penalty killers out there in the NHL today. Never thought that that would have happened, that he would have turned out to be that kind of player. It is a testament to Logan O'Connor, how much this guy has worked, how much he has developed his game, expanded his game, to the point where he's scoring hat tricks um, in the midst of games like this, so tremendous story. Good road trip. The Avalanche come home. They're three and two. Uh, we we continue to watch and see and start to hear some of the rumblings. I was talking to uh, Drew Spivak as I was walking down here to do this podcast. He's a big uh, hockey fan. He goes, "What do you think? Should the Avalanche go after Mark Andre Fleury?" And and it, I think it's been quite clear that Josh Be- uh, Jared Bednar has basically put up, uh, "Hey." help-wanted sign when it comes to goaltending. You listen to his comments, you could tell he probably would like a, a bit of an upgrade at the backup goalie position, uh, something to probably put on the to-do list as we uh, look at the trade deadline, which is now about yeah coming up a little over a month and a half away. That'll do it for today's uh, edition of the Mile High, Hockey, uh, Mile High Hockey Podcast. We'll be back again on Friday with another edition. Thanks so much for tuning in.